We turn to the book of Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Very familiar passage of scripture, familiar incident uh, in the Bible. I want to uh, look at this passage of scripture as we reflect on, on the, kind of the things that happened this morning and, and what we're involved with. All wraps up with uh, what kind of day that we've had today. And uh, there are some biblical principles in play when we have a big day like today and uh, some other things that are coming up in the near future. Uh, Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 30. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Now the day was now far spent. His disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave to his disciples to set before them, and the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up the twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the principles that we have here, and we ask that as we look to these principles as a church, as individuals, that you would teach us, Father, about your work and our place in your plan. Make us into the church you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, you might be reading through here and say, man, I remember reading through this event, but it it was a little bit different than this. And that's the reason being, this is the only miracle that is listed in all four of the Gospels. So you may remember reading through it, and there's another reading of it, a little bit of detail here and there, but you remember reading through it in the other gospel. This must have made an impact. And imagine that. Of all the miracles of the healing, uh, of the miracles of even Lazarus and the little uh, young man at the funeral of Nain and the little girl, of all the miracles, this one made an impact. All four gospel writers. Two of the gospel writers, as you know, were eyewitnesses, Matthew and John. 
The other two, Mark and Luke, they wrote what others told them. And notably, Mark, as we see from historical documents, wrote what Peter told him. So <clears throat> this is not an eyewitness account as far as Mark's uh, point of view, but an eyewitness account of Peter's point of view. In fact, this account gives us a lot of the vivid details about the event. There are three needs mentioned in this passage of Scripture. First of all, the disciples need for rest. That's a lesson for another time. Secondly, the spiritual needs of the people. And thirdly, the physical necessity of food. Now, the second, of, the second and third of these we could wrap up into a statement of, I guess you could say, uh, ministry realities. Meeting the spiritual needs of people inevitably involves the use of physical resources, personal resources. Now, you remember, of course, Jesus is meeting the spiritual needs of the people. And the day is going away, and the disciples, of course, understand there's a physical need here. These people hadn't eaten, and they could see what's happening. And they said, send them away. Somebody has to do something to feed these people. And Jesus said, you give them something. Now that you there means when we talk about ministry, we're not talking about everybody in general has to do something. Inevitably it comes down to my personal resources, your personal resources. When we talk about physical resources that are involved in meeting spiritual needs, we're talking about our resources. Now, Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Now, Jesus was perfectly aware of the fact that they didn't have enough food to feed these people. Jesus was perfectly aware that they didn't even have enough money to feed these people. So he said, your resources are going to come into play. Well, what did they have? Of course, a lot of times when you start talking about meeting spiritual needs, inevitably will involve, of course, our personal resources. Uh, you might say, well, the, the preacher's going to bring up money. You, you realize here Jesus didn't bring up money, did he? Who brought up the money? The disciples. They immediately thought, we don't have enough money to do that. And they're thinking, we can't handle this situation because we don't have money. Well, we have a lot more going for us than money, although that does come into play. What did they have if they didn't have enough food, if they didn't have enough money? Well, we see a list of something in this passage of Scripture, something you have to look close to realize that we all have, every single one of us, of every age group in this room. Look in verse 38. He said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Now, this verse does not talk about just the loaves and the fish. Here's the resource we all have that they had that day. Personal communication with other people. How do they find out that they had five loaves and two fish? They went and talked to people. You think they went straight to this guy? Of course, 
One of the gospel writers, I believe it's John, they came and said, here's a lad here that has five loaves and two fishes. How'd they find that out? They started asking people. They started asking, what do we have here? First, I'm sure they asked each other, uh, and they already knew they didn't have uh, anything, but they started asking people. So they had to talk to people in order to get the problem solved. Look in verse 39. And he commanded them, the disciples, he commanded them to make them, the crowd, sit down in groups on the green grass. So what they have to do? They had to talk to people. So they had the ability to talk to people. They had the ability to communicate with people. Now, now I know this crowd. One thing we can do at Brister is talk. We have that ability. And included in this ability, and of course, some have more of this resource than others. I'm aware of that. Organizational skills. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. In fact, the original Greek here is they put them in rows. Uh, one of the Bible scholars, just like a garden, they had them in rows. Why did they have them in rows? Well, it's that way you could distribute the bread better. So Jesus said, you have them sit down in groups or have them sit down in rows. Why? Because you didn't have to be stepping over everybody. You could just go down one row and another to distribute. So they had personal communication skills and they had, of course, some organizational abilities. And I'm convinced that some of the disciples were better at it than others, but they got the job done. All of this involved another resource that's more valuable than money, and that is time. It took them time to go through the crowd and find out how much fish they had and how much bread or whatever food they had, and then it took time to sit the people down. Now, we read through this passage of Scripture with the luxury of time being all compressed in, in one narrative. It takes us, what, maybe a minute to read through here? How long do you think it took to get the people to sit down in groups or rows of fifties and hundreds? Well, let's just do a little bit of thinking here. Uh, it says in one of the other gospel accounts that there were 5,000 men besides women and children. Now, those of you who work with water, how long does it take to get a kid to sit down? How long does it take to get several kids to sit down? How long does it take to get all of them? It takes time. Well, you know, sometimes it takes time to herd adults around, doesn't it? So they're going through a crowd, no PA system, walking through the crowd to get them all to sit down. Why are we sitting down? Well, Jesus said to sit down. Supper's on the way. I don't see so. I don't smell anything cooking. I mean, you know how people are. It took time. To, for them to pull all of this off. Then there's another, another resource they had. You may not see this, except for the fact it was provided by God, and that is facilities. It says this was a grassy place. Another gospel writer mentions this. It was a grassy place, so there's much grass in the place. And in verse 39, they sat down on the green grass. And that may just sound like a pretty unimportant detail but it was important because a lot more comfortable to sit out on the green grass than it had been 
in a stony place or in a sandy place. Now, facilities are very useful. And a lot of times we might think, well, facilities aren't that important because the church is the people. Well, facilities were important to Jesus to a degree because you remember when he said, you go to another village and you find a man carrying a pitcher of water. You go follow him and he'll show you a large upper room there make ready so we can eat the Passover. What's he dealing with there? Facilities. And the facilities here, although they were very primitive, it was important that they had a grassy place for people to sit down. So meeting the needs of people involves facilities, an investment in providing facilities. At that time, of course, they didn't have to invest any effort, but it has taken a lot of investment and time and effort and organization and planning to bring this facility together, hadn't it? Years, years. It's taken a lot of time and investment. And of course, willingness to use them. Uh, I like, I like the, uh, the motto, a tool, not a trophy. That facilities and what God has given us are to be used. Yes, they are to be taken care of. We are to be diligent with maintaining them and protecting them. But our facilities here have met the spiritual needs of others because it's enabled us to get them together in a place where we can do the, uh, the work of meeting spiritual needs. And I really appreciate our church's willingness to use the facilities. Uh, for the last couple of years, you know, we hosted the EIM camp meeting. And back when all this came together and the fellowship hall was built and the grounds, you know, I envisioned it would be great if one of these days this facility could be used since we could house so many people for some sort of a, a regional gathering. I had no idea what it would be. But when they chose to use this place, it worked out perfectly for that. Of course, we used the facility to meet a people's needs and to minister to them for funerals. Not only for the funeral here, but the mill and the fellowship hall. We have had family members from off and other places to come to this facility and see how we bring our resources together of organizational skills and food and our facility and the day of the funeral, their family can all get together, all 50-something of them, and they don't have to worry about, about washing the dish. You see, that is meeting a spiritual need with a physical resource. And it takes effort, doesn't it? It takes time. It takes expense. It takes our personal abilities to do what we do. But we use the facilities in a way that is turned around to take care of the physical needs of others. But what other resource did they have? They had their communication skills. They, they used their time. As primitive as they were, they had facilities. We've got all this going for us, don't we? What is the most important, the most important resource they had to meet the physical need of the people while their spiritual needs are met? Well, it goes back to having the spiritual needs met, the presence of Jesus Christ. 
the presence of Jesus. That's the most important resource they had. Now, they could have the communication skills. They could have all the time in the world. They could have all the grassy place in the world. But without Jesus, what would have happened? They would just sat down. Same thing here. We've got some communication skills. We can talk. And we use our time. We've got a beautiful facility. But without the presence of Jesus, the miracles don't happen, do they? But with Jesus, the miracle happened. The source of the miracle was Jesus Christ. None of these, these resources they had can explain for the miracle. No other explanation for what happened except for Jesus did it. And this is where we can relate to it. Of, of all churches, this is where we could relate to it. The disciples specifically said, we don't see where anything can happen here because this is such a deserted place. So, with their resources and the presence of Jesus Christ, a miracle happened way out in the middle of nowhere. You know what I hear a lot of times when people see this church for the first time? You have you ever heard it? But, whoa, I didn't expect this way out here in the country. But, you know, I would say there's no other explanation for what's happening here way out in the country except for the presence of Jesus Christ. Sure, we've used our resources. These facilities are here, and I know they're here because our people diligently gave for years. Because let me tell you, we don't have any big money people at Bristol, do we? And people said, y'all must have some money folks there. We don't have any big money people here. And people gave diligently for years. But who gave me the money in the first place before I put it in the plate, right? But Jesus has done something remarkable here. I know some of you have family members who are in other churches who talk about how hard it is to get anything done and they can't believe that these kind of facilities are here and paid for. I've had some people with from a bigger church way up in North Arkansas, one of the biggest churches in Northwest Arkansas, who's on the finance committee. He pulls in down here and sees our bus sees our facilities, and said that it's paid for. And this is from a mega church. He says, I am so frustrated on the finance committee to try to get things to happen because people just won't give. How do you do it? And I said, God's doing it, and the people are willing to use their facilities, uh, their resources for such facilities, such things. But let me tell you, without the presence of Jesus Christ, the miracles don't happen, do they? But with the presence of Jesus Christ, we have the Awana program that, that packs in kids from all over. We have facilities that are used to do special things for families in need. We have the willingness of our people who can meet the needs of, of others in crisis just like that. Just like that, people will respond. How's all that happen? Well, it's the presence of Jesus. Is the presence of Jesus here? No. The presence of Jesus here, right? That's what made 
everything happen was the presence of Jesus that day. All these other things came into play, and we can't ignore them, but isn't it wonderful? Meeting the, the spiritual needs of people involves God using our resources, but oh, when he used them, he can make it, things happen that there's no other explanation. The fact that God is working there, way out in the middle of the country, and I'm glad that God is working here. Here's the thing before we close. Anything at all. If not, 